0: Hello, wrestling fans, Quint Charisma on the uh, No Name Podcast, and tonight we've got a uh, guest is going to be um, Mike Jablonski, Michael Jablonski, whoever it is, <laughs> I know him as Mike, I think he wrestles as Michael, what do you wrestle as, is it Mike or Michael? Uh,
1: it's usually Michael, okay. but uh, you know, whatever, well, I am going to
0: call you Mike, so how you doing tonight, Mike?
1: <laughs> I'm good, brother, how are you, Quint?
0: I'm hanging in there. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> I'm yeah. I, I, I'm breathing so I'm doing a lot better doing better than a lot, you know. So <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Any, I any, that, Lord. You know, any day that the good Lord lets me wake up and breathe is, uh, is a good day. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Alright, so uh we're gonna start out what you know, we'll start out with we're gonna the, the usual questions, you know. Okay, uh, so uh, was you a wrestling fan growing up?
1: Oh, Lord, yes. Uh, I can't, honestly, I can't remember a weekend that I didn't go over to my grandparents and uh, watch the old USWA shows on Saturday mornings while my mom used to do my grandmother's hair. And then uh, as I got a little bit older, uh, developed a pretty big fascination with WWF.
0: Okay, so... so when you first started watching as a kid, what time period would that would that be around?
1: Oh, that would probably be, uh, let's see, 87, 87 or 88 when I first started uh, really noticing wrestling, didn't really, you know, because I was 7 or 8 years old then, so um, I really got into it big in the, uh, the early 90s, like 90, 91. Okay,
0: so when I really was watching it. Okay, so you said you watched the USWA the Memphis show. Um, so, uh, who was some of the, your favorites on there? When you was watching the the Memphis?
1: Uh, uh, of course, Lucy and Jamie. Um, I love Lawler. There was something about Lawler that he just. I, something about Jerry. You just. You just. I would find myself, even even before uh, getting trained and all that, I would just find myself uh, begging to see him pull that strap down and just put a whooping on whoever he was in the ring with. Because I knew it was coming. did ain't no way it was coming, but I knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately, uh, Brian Christopher was one of my... Big favorites back then, uh the uh, situation with him and all
0: that's taken care of was just so bad for him and his family. Yeah, it's um it's another uh wrestling tragedy, you know, it's uh it's really sad, you know. Um I mean it just the wrestling business uh people understand that, you know even you know, even at a, you know, guys that just is never, you know, um. never, you know, had big runs anywhere, just did independence all their lives. Even those, you know, guys like that, just the mentality of the wrestling business is just so, it messes you up. And, uh, you oh, know, yeah. so, you know, somebody has been in the business basically all their life, and you can just imagine, you know, how messed up he really was, and it's sad, you know, that it's, you know, because the guy, you know, had... You know, talents, he would, I mean, you know, when he was, you know, first started, you know, working for his dad and and Jerry Jarrett, you know, Uh, him and Tony Williams were the new kids, and man, he was, you know, what, 18, 19 years old, 19, I think, maybe, something like that, I mean, and, you know, he didn't look like he'd been working already five years, you know, he was, He was one of those naturals, you know, and he had all that talent, you know, and just... It's, uh, it's sad, you know, that, it's sad when anybody loses their life, you know, uh, and, uh, but people talk, you know, drug addiction, uh, mental illness, I mean, those are, um, you know, really, uh, two things that are hard to overcome, and if you have both of them, I mean, you're, you're, you're doomed, I mean, I mean, just not even here in the rest, I mean, just, you know, in society today, it, you know, people, it, it's, that's two things that, you know. If you don't have either one, uh, you don't really understand it. Or if you don't have a loved one that goes through that, you know, um, you really don't understand it, man. It's it just something you just can't you just can't kick, you know. And being being in the wrestling business, it just I think being in the wrestling business it just magnifies it, you know, makes it even worse. So you know, just um, it's sad and just you know I just uh, if you know if anybody you know is listen this you know and you know anybody that you know has an addiction you know help them out man you know don't browbeat them you know show them love man you gotta it's you know it's not as easy as everybody thinks you know to get over and that's it or the uh mental illness I mean all that stuff together is just you know we gotta we gotta help each other out you know and if you know if, if um if it was easy you know to beat. Why everybody would beat it, you know. So you know, I think you know people knocking people for having addictions, you know, having mental illness, you know, depression and stuff like that. Even if you're not in the wrestling, even you know, just regular day life, you know, you know, you know, help them out, man. You know, be there for them. You know, don't don't hold it against them. You know, trust me. An addict, you know, they they don't want to be an addict deep down. It's just that addiction is stronger than willpower, you know. So just, you know, help them out, pray for them, you know. But, uh all right, we'll get off that. That's, that's my little thing for today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, going back
1: getting back on topic, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, you way, know, and then I think with the, the really, the angle that got me, or the uh, well, i say angle—the the thing that really drew me in to wrestling, where I just—I had to watch it every time the, the TV was on. Every time it was on the TV, was uh, I remembered uh, for whatever reason. Um, we went to a friend of the family's. It was one weekend, and I was in the living room while my mom was talking to. Friend about whatever, and the one of the the other family members was in there watching uh, one of the old WWF Superstar shows, and it was about the time frame, and I don't remember the year, but it was about the time that uh, Earthquake had sat on Hogan, and uh, they did the big the big video package where they were were building up to Hogan's return and um, the, the the. visual of the uh the yellow shirt and the uh, the cross in the locker where the uh the locker door slammed shut like that just that just drew me in. i was like wow this is this is powerful i don't i don't know i don't know how or when or why but i'm gonna like i want to do this i want to have that kind of connection with with, with somebody yeah. you know
0: yeah. yeah i understand yeah that's uh to me that's like one thing it's missing from wrestling today is there's no emotion, there's nothing to get you know, grab your emotions and pull you in you know, but you know all that's long gone to me you know I don't I don't see that anymore but yeah that I think okay. that's how I think every you know, pretty much everybody you know that um you know if you if you just started watching it as a kid you know if if you you know some people the you know their family members always watch it so you just it was there to watch but like you know if you just like picked it up you know just watch start of watch it and there was something there was some kind of emotional you know thing you gravitated toward you know it pulled you in you know uh, I think like uh the first time for me was I think I was uh' let's see I was probably ten years old maybe I just come back from church camp um and I was at my grandmother's and I turned on uh, uh, the Memphis TV show. Uh, you know, here it was on, either on the Nashville, you know, Nashville station, but it was the, you know, Memphis show and it was the um uh, that it was a uh, thing from the call sim was the Moondogs. It's supposed to be the Moondogs against the Fabulous Ones, but I wanna it was either Stan Lane or Steve Kern was hurt and Jackie Fargo took his place and uh, they were in there. and I remember at the the end, I think it was Steve that was the one that was supposed to be hurt, ran in with the two by fours, man. They just, you know, put the beating on the boondogs, you know. And I was just like, you know, that was my, that, you know, I mean, I've been watching all my, you know, life when I was like a little kid, you know, and I loved it. But that, I think that moment right there was one that was like, it got me. I'm, you know, boom, there it was. That's this is going what I'm as I want. This is it, you know. That I think was my moment of where it got, you know. So yeah, yeah. I think everybody had that moment, you know, of where, you know, some kind of something it really, you know, that emotions, man, you know, it, it brought you in and everything. So um, so you said you know you uh, watched as a kid and everything, um. Did you watch? Okay, so you watch the WCW Do you watch? Did you watch the WCW product? Any? Uh, let's see here. Probably about
1: uh, ninety five, ninety six. Uh, it was that time that I started watching WCW. Uh, I was a diehard WWF fan. I would watch WCW if nothing else was on. And then you know, during so he was the, like
0: everybody uh, else. Then you
1: didn't watch Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, cause I would, I would, I would watch. Especially during the Monday Night Wars, like, I would take WCW and I would watch WWF, the long broadcast, and then I would go back and watch the WCW broadcast. And like, I wanted to know what was going on, like, I wanted to know the angles and I followed the angles, but my priority was, well, I, I want to, I can't miss the Raw the show Yeah, but if it was dry for me, something happened to the tape or or whatever of the WCW show. Oh, really? You
0: know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like most people, especially younger younger uh, people around your age, when they, um, especially in the the Monday Night Wars, you know, real heat up. You know, in the ninety six, ninety seven, that's when you know some like, uh, you know, teenagers they started started watching WCW for the first time. You know, because you know before then it it just unless you was you know a die hard a lot of people didn't watch the w c w you know because you know it was so but yeah that's i've noticed that a lot of people that their teenage years went you know 97, ninety seven uh, ninety 96, 97, right when it w c w really you know took off and everything but um okay so when did you uh you know say okay i'm i'm gonna become a wrestler and actually start um uh, looking into how you getting into the wrestling business?
1: That uh, probably would have been I always say my junior year of high school. I uh, had a real good friend that I went to school with named Jason Laney. Um, We, I mean, we just, we, we were just, I mean, we absolutely, that's all we ever talked about was wrestling. and, and What
0: year would this be?
1: Been my, my junior year would have been 97, because I graduated in 98. Okay. So 1997, yeah, we, we talked about, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, since we get out of school, uh, for whatever reason, I felt like I wanted to, I felt like I needed to be 18, I needed to be an adult before I started doing any of this, uh, which is not the case so much for the schools and these uh, quote-unquote trainers that are around the business today.
0: Um, at that time, was you, uh, had you had seen any of uh, the ECW product? Have you watched any of the ECW product by, at that time? I was not 8 on the ECW product. I probably didn't find out about ECW until maybe 99, 2000.
1: Okay. And, and my, dates, my, my dates, my timeline may be a little off. Uh, but like, I, I didn't know about ECW, and it was so hard to find... Because it seemed like every time the, the syndicated TV show would come on and you would find a station around it, my area that would carry it, it, you'd watch it a week or two, and then they wouldn't
0: carry it anymore for whatever reason. Yeah. It I wouldn't guess, be on anymore. In yeah, the Nashville area, that was, uh, they had a good little run there like in uh, 96 to early 97. It'd come on late at night on, uh, I think I want to say Friday nights, like on, on Sports South, Turner Sports South. Yeah. Yeah, they had like you year run there and then it went off, and yeah, it was like hit or miss. You'd find it on a uh, a, ch- uh, a, you know, an obsolete channel that would carry America One, and you'd get it for maybe a month, and then it disappeared, and you wouldn't have it for about three months, and then I don't know where it'd pop back up. Yeah, it did that for several years in the Nashville area, Nashville, Tennessee area. So, yeah, it was really hard to follow um, ECW at the time. That's uh... uh I know, like, the time, that was really heavy into, uh, you know, the trape, uh, the trape, <laughs> I can't even talk, the tape, the tape, uh, wrestling tapes, you know, so I was getting stuff from, you know, I could still get it, you know, on a regular basis, and, but yeah, it was for, you know, just trying to get it off your TV and, and, uh, in the National Tennessee area, it was really hard, you
1: know. Yeah, and, and I'm be honest with you, I didn't really get to sit down and figure out what ECW was until, uh, um, you started hooking me up with a lot of their stuff. You know, from where you did the tape trade and stuff. Like, I'll put you over for that. Like, uh, I had such a basic knowledge of what what professional wrestling was until you opened my eyes. I mean, like, because there was like, there's the old the old Memphis stuff and then there was the uh, there's some of the ECW stuff that you hooked me up with. is just like
0: you the Japan stuff like that really blew my mind the first time that I saw Japan. <laughs> I think it blew everybody's mind the first time they saw Japan because <laughs> it's yeah. it 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 like, from the south and you know uh, you know you'd see stuff you know here and there you know but to actually see like you know whole matches of some that's you know. Yeah, Japan was, it, it, I think it blew everybody's minds the first time they ever saw Oh, yeah,
1: that. and even it, 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 you know like it is today, where you can just go to I want wrestling, whatever, you know, and, and punch up, hey, I want to see Liger, or hey, I want to see Neil Masters, or I, you know, you, you, you didn't have that accessibility, like, if it weren't for the track takers, you wouldn't know yeah. anything else existed outside of your, uh... What was available to you, either on TV or the local independent promotion, that you would, wow. you know, may or may not go see?
0: Yeah. So you started. So you you said you and this, um, you and your uh, friends. So what did did y'all start looking for wrestling schools or what? What? How did y'all go about that? Because I know the internet had just started starting to take off a little bit and everything. So how what was how did that? Uh, what was the process of of, of getting oh.
1: started? this is going to be the most embarrassing story that i have ever going to tell, but I'm going to tell it just so that I can bury one individual.
0: <laughs> hey, don't, hey, everybody's stories is, especially back then, was crazy, so let it rip. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I I, no, I hear you, brother, but in um, 98, me and Jason, we graduated from high school, and we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're on fire, and like, we, we we're up the the no to because it's been so long, ago, the details are hazy to me, so I apologize if I've got my my facts revisionist history, histori- histori- or whatever the word is. But when we looked at the USWA school, and it was, you know, graduate, just where I graduated high school and not really have any type of real job, um, I don't remember what the down payment or whatever it was. But it, was it was more than I was going to be able to afford, and I wasn't going to be able to, you know, my parents into you know, finance and me to be a wrestler because okay, to this on day, my hold on one second. What school was it? The US we looked at the USWA school, but I don't remember, I don't remember the particulars, and it was too expensive.
0: You sure it was USWA? Uh... <laughs> i mean cut you off or bust balls. They couldn't well, right.
1: oh, right. No, it wasn't the U.S. Hemingway. remember he was running the fairgrounds at that time. I guess it would have been burnt. yeah. Yeah, it was. That's, that, no matter of fact, you just don't remember. Yeah, that's exactly what it was, because it was back when he was doing the old M.C.W. Uh, television tapers, or not tapers, but the TV show, Music's and sad. there was an album that popped up, and I called, and he wanted, like, uh Sorry, Bert, but he wanted like fifteen hundred dollars, and then it was all oh, over much a week. And uh, you know, he—he he was just—you know—he's wrestling promoter. He's gone. He's trying to make his money. I, I, I ain't mad at him, but I couldn't afford it. I didn't have—I didn't have a real steady job like I was—I was doing retail and all that kind of stuff at that time. and I wanted to just flip over that money. And um,
0: not many people just out of high school has that kind of money.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Um, but here's where it gets interesting. So, Jason's mother, like, I've got a friend that works at this flea market over by the airport, That he says he's arrested, and he's, you know, he says y'all should go down there and talk to him, and his name was Mike Gallant. And uh, me and Jay said we, uh, well, you know, okay, we we didn't know we didn't know shit. We shot over. I'm sorry, I, I should be you, uh, you uh, apologizing.
0: I'm gonna cut you off real fast because I'll forget this. But you said that <laughs> this other guy, this your friend's mom, knew a wrestler. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know what? You're, 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 so, well, probably. Why
0: didn't your mom tell you who I was? <laughs>
1: She never smartened me up. I wonder. She never smartened me up
0: I Well, because like I said earlier, they hated wrestling. They hated the fact that I like wrestling. They weren't to over. Let me I'm gonna uh, tell this, okay, real fast. Now for people, people don't know, um uh, my mom and Mike's mom were friends going back forever. Um uh, uh they were friends with like Mike's mom was my mom. Like one of my mom's first friends when she moved to Nashville back, I was like late 60s, early 70s, something like that, right in that area. I mean, it's I don't know the actual time, but it's forever. But anyway, yeah, I've known I remember when Mike was born, so yeah, so uh, I didn't just throw that in there, but that that's the reason why I said it is because uh, you know, uh, so his mom's pretty much known me all my life, and so yeah, <laughs> so I guess she didn't. She didn't want to smarten you <laughs> up, on, up on
1: Yeah, that. she she was she was me and didn't even know what it was. But no, uh, we we went out to we went out to meet this guy, and he was a big dude, like he was tall, and it was just and he's sitting there selling his, his probably stolen car stereos or whatever the hell he was selling out of the booth. It's like oh yeah, we're gonna put in a bid to take over the fairgrounds and we're gonna get it from Bert and. You know, I'll train you for free if you just work for my company. It's going to be called Atomic and Association and, you know, 18-year-old kid And you don't know
0: anything. Yeah, somebody tell, tell you that, man. That sounds great. When you don't yeah, know, know better, I mean, when you don't know uh, better, I mean, that, that's like, oh my gosh. You know, it's like, boom, yes, you know, but you don't know better, you know. No, I didn't know. Clay was like, you know, I, he worked out.
1: Uh, he worked out some sort of deal with, uh, I believe it was Jeff Harges that owned the old Madison Boxing Gym. Yeah. For to come in, and what he, basically what he did, without us ever signing a contract, or hell, we may have. I don't. Uh, again, I'm kind of hating on a lot of stuff. But he had us come in there, and basically what he did is he had us sign up for a membership at that boxing gym without signing up for a membership at the boxing gym. So that Hargis was making his money, and then Gowan was taking a percentage off the back side of what we were paying every month for our training. So, like, he started off being free, and then it was like, well, we we got to have access to the ring. We've got to have access to the ring. Again, Carney's being carnies. Yep. Um, but... So we go, and I, I shit you not, um, the first day, he hands everybody in the class a piece of paper that had spots on it. Like, the universal spot and all that other stuff. And, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> you got to memorize this, and we're going to learn how to take box and it was just, it was horrible. It was horrible. And then, you know, we, we progressed, and we had a spot show in Dixon, probably about two, maybe three months after training.
0: Okay. Um, <clears throat> who else was on the show in Dixon? <clears throat> uh, let's
1: see here. Jason was on. He wrestled. Uh, I, can't, I thought he wrestled under the name Tsunami at that point. Jason was on. Uh, Jamie Dundee was on. Um, anyway, I mean, there's some, uh, some guy, Mike Austin, that was doing a complete ripoff of, of Steve Austin. Stone called Steve Austin, because that was popular at the time. Because this was in uh, February of '99. Um, I remember he um. And I want to say there was another named guy on the show, like, USWA, uh, Middle Indy named guy. I don't think it was Wolfie, but <laughs> the name escapes me, like, there was a couple of named guys, and, um, the first, the first night, like, I mean, they, they drew okay, I guess, uh, which... That time, okay, was not anything compared to previous, okay, maybe 15, 70 people for a spot show that probably wasn't advertised and probably had no business even running.
0: Yeah. What was this guy's name again? Mike, what?
1: Gowan. G-O-W-E-N. G-O-W-E-N. So we run we were on this spot show and I had my first match, which I was nowhere near ready to be in the ring, and a lot of people say I'm probably not ready to be in the ring now, but that's beside the <laughs> point. Um it consisted of, of me getting the double L out of me and beaten out of me and thrown in the back of a lighter truck and he won the whatever. It was easy, it was just it was it was horrible was what it was. It was Where did you work? That Mike Allen cat, he was going under the name Omega or Omega Supreme or, so, or some stupid what gimmick it? that had i I'm trying yeah, to... Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm trying to know who this guy is. Um, where, where did he come from? I'm trying the, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, think of a name of who he is. I'm trying to pick... That was, that, was, that
1: was the tie-in. He said that the, the USWA tie-in, he said he was trained at the USWA school. And uh, again, not knowing any better, we believed him. But once we actually saw the gimmick and the get up and the the rose covered glasses kind of started to fade away, we kind of realized that we may or may not be being sold a bill of goods.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So here's, here's the rib on this, right? So. He, there was like seven or eight people in the class, the quote-unquote class, that he was taking money from to get an investment to put this bid in on the fairgrounds, right? So, I, didn't, I was the only one in the class, I don't think Jason did either, but I was the only one in the class that didn't put in money. It's not that I wouldn't have put in money. I just didn't have money, extra money to put in. Yeah. For this bid some he just up he tells everybody, Oh, uh, well somebody told him what we were gonna bid and it was you, Mike, and shortly he put all that on me and had heat was on me from the other class for the rest of the class or whatever, like I had stooged off the bid so that Bert could get back in the fairgrounds, not knowing that Bert at that time had a death grip on the fairgrounds. Exactly. And uh a whole bunch of animosity started toward me that these guys felt like they, they put their money up and they weren't going to get it back because it was my fault. And shortly after that, he leaves town and nobody ever hears something.
0: Who were some of the other people in the class? Did they ever did they ever uh,
1: wrestle anywhere else? They did for a little bit. And honestly, I think they stayed around the business maybe six months. Do You remember the name and their then, names? I remember I remember Dean Bozeman. He worked a lot. Um and then he had that he had a tragedy where his, his little girl found a firearm a um, dresser or something and then he after that he kinda got out of wrestling and moved away from the area. Mm. Um uh And I like I I, my memory is
0: horrible.
1: That's all right. I I don't I don't I I obviously like I I don't remember a whole bunch of names. No. Because it was like I said it was all because his idea of training. uh, You went to it's it's a wonder I didn't have the HE double L beat out of me on a lot more shows than what I ended up doing.
0: Okay, I got a question. Um. So this time period, y'all were there at, X, at the Excalibur Gym in Madison. Um, yeah. So he had this class. Um, was there any um, talk about going and switching over to the, um, um, I can't remember the name of the promotion. What was the name of the promotion that uh, uh, TJ Weatherby had inside Excalibur. I, I think it was.
1: I think it's always been Southern All Star,
0: but I can't, I can't remember. I worked. I worked there. I should know. But um, was there any? Because uh, I know they had a class. Um, was there any talk of y'all uh, moving over to their their class and start uh, training with those guys?
1: Well, see, after Mike stepped um like. I never got, yeah, until later on, I never got fully trained. And, um, I got lucky. Um, God rest his soul, Gypsy Joe was a lot of the training sessions because their training session was after our time frame. Uh-huh. And Gypsy, for whatever reason, saw something in me. And he got me on quite a few of the shows that he booked around the dictionary and a couple of the other, you know, he got me in some shots in McMinnville, a couple of places, um, and, I, I just kind of knew, like, hey, you've been given a second chance at this, like, don't screw it up, so, like, I was always the, the, the quiet guy in the dressing room that just kind of shook everybody's hand and just kind of watched and learned, and, and like, my first real match was with, with Boogie, and uh, it was in Smithville. um,
0: with uh, Gary Valiant?
1: Yeah, yeah, fucking oh, Gary Valiant. And, what
0: uh... promotion was it?
1: It was, uh... I had CJ, uh... uh I can't think, I can't remember the... the it was an outlaw show, and it was run by... The like it was... It was right by the like name of Clarence Santini, a lot of people would know him in this area as Spunkmeyer... Yeah. It was when he was teaming with uh, <laughs> when he was teaming with Chris Justice, the Blackstone Cold. <laughs> oh,
0: I gotta tell that story. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew it as soon as I, I mentioned it. I, and and I, I love CJ to death. Um, <laughs> CJ's always been good to me. He was extremely good to me that night putting me in the ring with Boogie. Um, Boogie blew my mind that night, but, but still managed to make me look like a million bucks, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I'll let you
0: go ahead and put over the story that you want to tell. No, go ahead, no, that's, no, I, I'll talk about that later.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I just don't, you're like me, I, I just don't want to forget
0: it. Um, <laughs> okay, but, I'll, uh, I'll go on and tell it then, because I will, I will forget it. Okay, what was the guy's name again?
1: Uh, Chris Justice is what he worked under,
0: and you know, uh... I was uh. I don't know. The, okay, I don't know this guy from Adam, and never have. Uh, I know he did some jobs for Burt, uh, and and but I remember one night. Uh, this I want to say it was two thousand maybe. Um, I was working for Brian Cheatham in Smyrna, and these guys come in. Uh, the dress room was at the Grand Slam building. It's, it's an indoor soccer facility and the dress rooms behind this wall and you come in this big garage door so I'm sitting there getting dressed and Cheatham comes over well no no, I'm, wait no he don't come over these three guys come over <coughs> excuse me and goes uh, hey uh, Brian said that uh, you're his booker and uh, that come over and talk to you about getting booked and I was like okay um, and I wasn't the whole thing was Brian didn't want to use them, and <laughs> he knew that I would get rid of them. <laughs> that I wouldn't. Brian didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Brian was a nice guy, and Brian didn't like to. Uh, you know, he he was. I think Brian Cheatham, uh, the wrestling business really went for Brian because he was a nice guy, and I don't think he was. Um, he was too nice for wrestling. I guess that's what I want to say, but he ran his own shows and everything. But anyway. So, Brian knew if he sent them over to me, that I'd basically, I'd run them off. So, uh, so I said, uh, okay, what, what y'all's gimmicks? And the one guy is, uh, I'm a manager, okay? Uh, we don't need a manager right now, um, um, we got, uh, Chris Danger, he's our manager. So, we really don't need a manager right now. And the other guy says, uh... I think he said he either did a cowboy or a biker gimmick. I can't remember which one it was. I told him, so no, we're not looking for that. Then the black kid goes, I do a black stone cold gimmick. I said, oh, you do? I said, yeah. I said, "Uh, can you be a black Dusty Rhodes? Which, that's kind of oxymoron, because Dusty was more black than most people I know. But uh, he goes, No. I do black stone cold. I said, well, well, kid, we're not looking for a black stone cold tonight. So uh, uh, if you can do Black Dusty roads, I'll book you. But if, you, if all you can do is black stone cold, I'm sorry. We can't use you. So this guy who had never worked anywhere. And I, and you know what? I would If he would have said yeah. And because, I mean, I'm sorry. In the south of a, a fat black baby face. Shucking and jiving gets over, and if he said he could do it, and would have did it. I probably would have say Brian said. I we need to use this guy. Other two, no, let them roll, but this guy can't get bookings nowhere. And and it's, I mean, even though I'm just saying, if somebody told me we do this, no, I'm not. Do- you know, I mean, come on. I mean, I'm sorry. It, you, I, was, I don't know. Like I said I don't. Know this guy from Adam never knew him. First time I've ever seen him. I think that's the last time I ever seen him. Dude, you're trying to break in the wrestling business and somebody tells you, you know, basically if somebody tells you if you hey, will you do this? If it ain't any kind of um you know what I'm saying, um gratification and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Without going too far into that. If it don't if it's not if it, if it if it don't consist of that, I'm doing it to get a booking, you know what I'm saying?
1: But this yeah, I'm going to do whatever, whatever you tell me i got to do. Exactly. That's what I'm going to do, short of any short of, uh, kind of favors. But, exactly.
0: You know, um, this kid looks at me right in the face like, no, I do Blackstone Cold. Okay, then. I guess you're going to be doing it at home on your um, PlayStation then because you ain't doing it here. You know? It, it blew my mind that this goof comes in there, can't get booked nowhere, and basically, you know, I don't know if we would have used it or not, but... You know, I just said that to say he he looked him around the face and told me no. It's like, okay, you know? But uh, yeah, it was the whole thing. He just, you know, I, I do a Blackstone cold gimmick. Well, what's a Blackstone cold gimmick? <laughs> but anyway, okay, so you went and worked uh, <clears> at <throat> Smithville for this, uh, for old Spunkmire. And then uh, where'd you go from there? Because I know uh, around that time, I think you, I, you probably, it wasn't too much long, I know, you probably, you ended up in Gallatin for Tim Scruggs, wasn't it? It probably wasn't too much longer after that, was it? Yeah,
1: shortly,
0: shortly after that, because, um... Well, hold on, hold on, I'm going to cut you off, I remember now. You went and did jobs for Burt.
1: I did a job
0: for Burt. Oh, I thought you just, well, okay, I thought you, I thought you did...
1: <laughs> I, I did know, a I job, job for Burt, and that got, uh, whatever the finish was, um, somehow, and and I don't remember why, but I know that I probably, I I know that at the time I shouldn't have been there, but I was, and I had my patent leather Air Jordan tennis shoes that uh, Corey Williams buried me for, um, on the, 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 commentary, which rightfully well, so, but then again, fast forward 20 years, and it seems like that's what most of the wrestling, quote, wrestling gear is now. But, um, they had me wrestle the guy, Goff, I think his name was, and something got messed up, I didn't take a move right, something that he stopped me and we did. He, I think a uh, legit, I think he, it, it bare minimum, fractured three of my ribs and I couldn't get up for the finish the choke slam.
0: Yeah.
1: Because, like, I could not breathe and uh got tired that I, I didn't even really get tired. But I've got a long history of that,
0: show. Man, I remember, I remember you were, I didn't know if you just one show, but I remember that you were, I remember that you were there, for one of them tapings so did you work anywhere yeah. between then and before you went and worked for Tim Scruggs and, um, and Gallatin
1: no as a matter of fact that, that taping for Bert I think is when somebody smarted me up to Gallatin to hey look you know I don't have anything for you here and I don't remember it was I want to say it was it was uh, Micropod a Colorado kid mm-hmm. um because he, he didn't seem to have a lot of interest in me doing a lot of cardio. I didn't have a lot to tell him that wasn't my cardio. It was getting breathed in my ribs. But he told me I needed to run stairs. Okay. Uh him <laughs> on. But he told me, he's like, yeah, they got, a, they got a promotion up in Gallatin where, you know, people go and, like, they won't pay you nothing, but you can go in there and give you your experience. And I was like, well, you know what? I ain't really going to get paid a whole lot now, and if I could go up there... And maybe, maybe, uh, hauling my craft a little bit, it may not be so bad. And then, of course, I got up there, and Tim, Tim Scruggs was nice enough to put me in the ring, and we got tired on Wednesdays, and I would go to that and pick up on some of the stuff here and there that, uh, I had not gotten. And, uh, and, and the tutelage of my original illustrious trainer, hmm. and uh, you know the girlfriend at the time, she was like, "Well, hey, let me go ahead and pay hot Rod Bigs, love Rod to death, and like he'll will you know he'll do some training with you on the side of uh, along with you." Which got me heaping for the longest time that I didn't even know about. <laughs> but, uh, I found out about that later, and then, uh, like, I don't know. i love a ride to death, and now, and, and I've never had anything, but I don't, I don't remember the particular, I'm saying that a lot tonight, I don't remember the particulars as why that I stopped paying for it, and she, or why she stopped paying for it, again, carnies, I um, mm-hmm. And shortly after that, after that, that agreement ended. Like that was about time that you took me under your wing, because you were up there looking. I guess just looking to keep current or not current, but uh, looking to keep working in between, you know, better bookings or whatever.
0: Yeah, that was the time I just um, got done with Porter, and. Uh, I really wasn't looking to go nowhere and Gallatin was only like 90 minutes up the road from where I live. So, you know, and, I, and, and that was, a, and I have a bad habit of staying in one place too long. I get comfortable, especially when it's, you know, 15 minutes from your house, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I said they're way too long and, um, but yeah, that's when I yeah that's when I first that's when I first met you was um, yeah. and then wrestling. I mean, I met you when you were born. <laughs> I mean, you're like one years old or something. But uh, yeah, that was the first time. So, uh, so when did you? So you started at Scruggs about the end of two thousand, early two thousand one, maybe.
1: That sounds about right. Two thousand
0: one and. I came in, uh, I want to say, late summer, mid-summer of 2001 is when I came in. And you had been there a little while when I came in there. Came in.
1: I think I'd been there about a month
0: when you came in. Oh, you were? Okay. I thought you'd been there longer. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. And and again, I might be wrong, but
1: I think I was there about a month before you and Shane started coming
0: up. Well, I came up like... uh, I came up probably a month and a half before Shane came. Yeah, I came up there for, yeah, I, I was up there at least a month and a half, maybe going on two months before Shane came. Well, uh,
1: hey, that's revisionist history, because I remember you and Shane coming up there at the same time, so. so,
0: so I came up, yeah, because I came up, like I said, I was just looking for something, you know, to you know, to hold me over in between, you know, finding a place and, you know, to get some more bookings on Saturdays and, um, I remember when I uh, I got there, I was like, man, who am I going to work? And I now saw uh, that kid, Dynamite Dan, uh, which he worked, uh, I think he came from Tony's school, Tony Fox School. And uh, I was like, oh, I can work this kid for a few weeks. And I worked him. And then um, uh, Johnny, this guy, a kid named Johnny Innocent, he came up there. He had just left Porter's because he was working at Porter's. And... Um, he had a few matches at Port at um, Mike Porter's N W A promotion. So I knew him from in Jeff Daniels training. I said, well, I can you know, carry this kid, have, you know, a couple weeks of matches and then oh, they put me in some more a couple of the people and I was like, Who okay, that's time I gotta bring somebody here to work. So that's when I called Shane up and said, Hey man, you wanna you wanna booking? <laughs> you know, come up it's a long way and ain't much hardly any money, but you know, you'll be working me, so you won't but, yeah, so I was there like a month, uh, almost a month and a half before I got Shane up there, because I had to. Cause it was, what you know, because uh, Scruggs, and I could have worked Tim, but he was always on top, you know, and I, I was just coming in. So, you know, wasn't no chance of me working with him. And uh, there wasn't really, there was nobody else for me to work that I would want to work, you know. So, yeah, I was there for, I know at least... Six weeks before I got Shane in there, but um, but yeah, that was the first time I actually met you. I can't remember, I can't remember which gimmick you were doing at the time. You did about 27 and a half gimmicks up there when I was there. So, well, I mean, the half was the mall
1: rat gimmick, I think. Do what now? I said the half was the mall rat gimmick, I think. That was horrible. Yeah, I, I didn't know what the
0: hell I was doing. Oh, I mean, it's um, you know, it, I look back like this, man. You, you how could you know what you're doing? You know, yeah. well, you know, if you're not brought in right and around the right people, the right shows, you're not going to learn. You know, I mean, it's not. You know, yeah. that's, that's my whole thing of the, you know, the kids nowadays. um... Is it their fault? No, not really, because. Nobody's told them or taught them. You yeah? know? I mean...
1: It, um, it's, it's like this. Um, and I, I hate to say it like this. Well, no, I really don't hate to say it like this because it's the truth. I learn more about the rest the business and the psychology of what to do and why I do it on the car trips to and the car trips from. Yes. Because I remember when we would go on book, when we would take, when you would get me booked, because you got me booked up there with Shane and, and Columbia and, and the other places that we went, I always, we always had that discussion. Like, it wasn't just riding, you know, riding on a car, listening to the radio. It was, hey, radio down. We need to talk about this, this, and this. This worked. This didn't work. This is why this didn't work. And this is why, if you do it this way next time, it'll work better next time. And I was, I was so grateful for that. And I, there's, there's been a lot of people that I've told. You know, I, I learned more about the wrestling business riding in the car with Quentin than than I ever did actually stepping in between the ropes.
0: I appreciate that, man. It means a lot to me. You know who, and, who, who and, and, I learned from? Here's the two people I learned from, and I'm to this day I respect them. So I am so grateful that I got to be around them for. Uh, well, the first person I learned I learned um, I learned psychology from was Tommy Higgy. Uh, when I in '93, when I went to work, he was the booker for Freddie Morton in Columbia, and I was there for eight months. I think it was around eight months, nine months. He brought me in. Yeah. And the. That man was a, is a genius on how heels get heat, how to get them baby faces over. And I sit in that locker room and I listen to him, man, and watch this stuff. And man, it was just it was such a learning experience to watch Tommy Higgy he, a, a book, to be the booker of how he could get any baby face over and how to get good that good heat, that you know, white hot heat, you know, not cheap heat.
1: Yeah. And, not, uh, not to. Hey, we're just doing you because you come out of a certain side of the building. No, that uh, we uh, want to get at you because you've hurt somebody that we yeah. we we yeah. have a connection with. I knew how
0: to get them babyfaces over. And then the second person that I owe so much to, and I learned uh, from, was riding in the car for about four or five months uh, every other Saturday with George Weingroff. Um, I would meet Dell Storm, the ma- uh, man- our manager. He was the manager, uh, um, I used to meet him in, um, out off Nolesville Road, at the corner of Nolesville Road and Ucker Boulevard, down there in Nashville, in South Nashville at the Kroger's. And then we'd get in Dale's car, and then we'd drive to Franklin, Tennessee, where we would go to George Weingroff's apartment, and then we'd get in George's car, and uh, Dale would drive George's car to Columbia tennessee and i would sit there and just listen you know and the stories georgia tell and this you know why it was done and just all you know and i learned so much and from those two guys that's how i learned you know i learned so and i learned you know sitting in the dressing room and listen to other people and stuff like that but just listen to them you know and that you know that's where you learn and man and there's no guys like that around you know to be under their wing every week to listen to anymore so that's where i learned my stuff was you know um those two guys you know they weren't sitting me down say, look this this, and this they were just talking and i was just listening and absorbing it you know so yeah yeah those yeah. two guys tommy higgy and george wong that was my two you know and to this day man i you know i got the highest respect and you know gratitude for those guys for you know for that, you
1: know. Man, oh, uh, I've gotten, I got, I had a job in Franklin at the uh, CVS pharmacy out there and I got the opportunity to meet George on several occasions and he always spoke extremely highly of you. So, uh. hearing that, hearing that and knowing how he talked about you when we did talk about, you know, business or whatever i don't even remember how he figured out that i was a worker but um when i told him that you were the one that it kind of was taking me under your wing taking me to bookings and teaching me he uh he was he seemed to be very pleased with yeah. who well, i had I taken on as a he mentor.
0: would say to me directly to me he was always saying man he always say you know to me about you know, and he'd start watching my weight and everything. That's one thing, you know, he would, though. He would, he would be, he would, you know, the other stuff, you know, he would we'd be talking, nothing but just directly, but he would say, you know, he'd always get on to me about my weight, you know. He'd start watching that weight, you know. <laughs> but, you yeah,
1: know, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm watching mine, too. I'm just watching it expand.
0: Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked, I think we've talked more about my, me than we have you tonight. Um, we only got about. Like nine minutes left because they only give me an hour on here and we've just scratched the surface so i'm gonna have you back in a few weeks and uh do a you know just because that's what it's look like it's gonna be doing with everybody because i only get an hour and i ramble so bad so um like i said well now we got about eight minutes so we will just gonna wind it down a little bit and then uh we'll come back in a few weeks and just you know Cause uh, it would, you know, <laughs> we still got a lot to go, <laughs> you know, to talk about. And if you want, you know, so is that cool with you? Yeah, man, uh, just went over. Um, okay. Well, we'll talk about. Like uh, the, we're, like well, so we still got a few more minutes. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, talk about the SWA Tim Scrooge and Gallatin. So you started up there. When you went in, was you a bay face or a heel? Uh,
1: I believe I was a bay face, and. Um... I really didn't know how to be one. Like, uh, it was kind of there. Um, When I finally, shortly after I got there, they turned me. And uh, I fell in love with being a hero character. It was just so much easier for me. I've always been very sarcastic, and I've always been very quick-witted. It was easier to make people hate me than it was to try to make them... Like me. Yeah, most definitely. If that makes any sense. Oh, yeah,
0: that's, that's, I think it's just human nature mostly, you know, people, it, it's easier to, it's easier to make somebody to hate you than it is to love you, you know, <laughs> that's in real life, yeah. kind of thing, you know, so, um, so did you work anywhere else when you first, you just, mainly when you first started going up there to, uh, Gallatin, SWA, was that pretty much only no. you
1: for a little while, or? That was that was the only place I worked for about four, maybe five years. Uh, I just I stayed where I was at. I was like, hey, I need to quit pretending to be a wrestler, and I need to become a wrestler before I start trying to go anywhere else. Yeah. And uh, somehow that happened. I don't know where it it is, but somehow that actually did end up happening. So,
0: um, so what were your thoughts about working... Up there for Scruggs.
1: Um, I I loved it. Um, like I would get very defensive if of anybody of, of, of anybody that would try to run the promotion or anybody involved in the promotion down, because at the time um, it was like it was like my family, you know. Yeah. Um, Jimmy gave me a, an opportunity when nobody else was, was going to look at me to do anything other than um, watch a finishing spot and get my ribs broken. Yeah. Um, like, oh, Jimmy, I wouldn't, I can't not put Jimmy over because, like, if he wouldn't have given, if he wouldn't have opened the door for me for that, yeah.
0: my,
1: the big picture, Michael Jablonski, that you know, that the that, that people know today,
0: wouldn't
1: exist yeah and they're, they're not you know that, that sounds
0: That's type of way and i don't mean to but it's it it the truth yeah like i never would have gotten out to yeah well I, I think a lot of people knock timmy and um you know my thing is you know they say you know he don't pay nobody you know he didn't pay his guys and he don't want his guys gonna work you know it, that that thing is you know that happens a lot of places I mean he took he, he took the guys in, he trained them for free, they worked for free. Um you know, that's you know that that was his niche, you know, and but you know, that you knew going in if you go if you do that, that was the that was the deal, you know. Uh yeah. And I've seen people get you know screwed over by people wrestlers, you know, they go train them, get trained and get brought in the business and all that stuff. Get screwed over big time, and, and so what Scruggs did, you know, by bringing people in, not pay, you know, not um, charging them, then not paying them on his shows. But I mean, that's not that's not even close to some of the horrible stuff I've seen, you know. So, but, you know, that yeah. was the niche, and you knew and if you went up there, that was you, you know, what was going on, you know. And you no, know, he didn't bring people in hardly ever, cause he didn't pay. He that was his thing, you know. He knew. He knew his audience, he knew how much you know, how many fans he was gonna get each week. Um you know, he wasn't you know, he there was some few times I think he, he did he probably went home with a few bucks in his pocket. And there were some times I know he didn't go home with a penny, you know, because I On the first show I worked for him up there, I think they had probably ten people paid. So I mean no, he had a yeah. he had a great deal with the VFW hall for his rent, but still you know, so I mean, yeah, he might. There may be some nights he, you know, and I got paid one, you know, but I made a deal, you know, made him made a deal and everything. And I do know there's a few guys that did get paid, but you know, but those places are all over the place where guys, they run promotions where people don't get paid, you know. So, yeah, you know, so I don't, you know, and he gave a lot of guys, you know, a chance to live out their dream and everything, and you know, and there was actually some, you know, there's actually some good decent workers that come out of there, that, you know, so i'm never gonna knock tim scruggs you know because that was his that's his philosophy and that's what if you don't like it don't go there you know so uh yeah. so i ain't got nothing bad to say because like i said i've worked for a lot worse people you know i've had people um you know promise me the moon and i go work for them and, and you know i didn't even get that old joke of the hot dog and a handshake i didn't even get that so you know so uh but you know all right well, i don't mean to keep rambling, but yeah uh we're gonna start back we're gonna start back uh next time we come on because we're down about a minute uh we're gonna uh we're gonna start back at when you at uh sba Galton uh tim Scruggs and we didn't even mention that your name you weren't even michael jablonski then you were mike rage iron mike rage right, yeah. yeah right yeah, rage. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about yeah. that Be the first thing we talk about when uh, when you come back and uh, join us so um mike i appreciate you uh coming on here tonight and uh chit chatting a little bit and and next time we'll get more into your career and less of mine but uh thanks again for, uh, thanks again for coming on and uh fans thanks for listening uh the two fans that I noticed we've been getting every every week thank you for listening and God bless.